Good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. I'm Anthony Moore, and I serve as the senior pastor of Carolina Missionary Baptist Church located in Fort Washington, Maryland. I'm honored to have you be a part of this audience on today, and thank you for your presence and allowing me to um, continue to pour into you um, word from from the Lord's um, bosom. And so that's my responsibility as well as lead you all in prayer. I do want to uh, ask you to get your notes and your writing utensils, your pad or your device in which you take notes on. I'm hoping that what I'm giving to you will bless you not only now, but will be a blessing to you later, and you'll be able to um, bless others with what you are receiving on this call. If this call is being a blessing to you, may I ask that you share it with someone and not keep it to yourself, that they might too receive the information. I've been dealing with this concept and this idea about how to keep a good um, conscience, how to even get a good conscience and how to keep a good conscience. It's one thing to get one. It's another thing to keep a good conscience. In the book of Acts, chapter 24, verse 16, it tells us very candidly, it says, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. That's Acts 24:16. It says very candidly, very succinctly, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. If our conscience becomes corrupt so that it's no longer functioning correctly, then the question that's raised is how can it become pure? Um, if a conscience has become seared, we talked about that word um, last week, seared, S-E-A-R-E-D. Paul says that's how it is with some people's conscience. Um, in Ephesians 4.19, he says they have been seared as with a hot iron. Their conscience has lost all sensitivity. And whenever that happens, a person can lie, they can cheat, they can steal without their conscience raising any kind of objections. They feel no guilt whatsoever because their conscience has become seared, has become seared. So then um, a seared conscience is one that becomes insensitive. It's like thick skin. And the question that's raised about a seared conscience is how can it be made sensitive again? And I'd like to suggest to you all this, you all, a good conscience is powered by the Spirit. A good conscience is powered by the Spirit. Um, if, if we take batteries out of anything, um, it will not work. If, it, if it's battery-operated and you take the batteries out of it, it will not function. Um, so it is um, when it comes to our conscience. Our conscience is also set by the Word. 
and it is cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Now, let me go over that again. Our conscience is powered by the Spirit. It is also set by the Word, and it is cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't want to run past this too fast. It's important. The question that we're looking at is how do I, how do I, how do I get and how do I keep a good conscience? And I'm suggesting to you on this call on this morning that, number one, a good conscience is powered by the Spirit. But I'm also suggesting that a good conscience is also set by the Word of God. And then thirdly, it is cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Please allow me to do that again. I'm not in such a hurry that I want to miss, may, may have you to miss this. A good conscience, if I'm going to get a good conscience, if I'm going to keep a good conscience, a good conscience is powered by the Spirit. A good conscience is also set by the Word of God. And then thirdly, a good conscience is cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So let me tackle this one about um, powered by the Spirit. Let's do that. A good conscience is powered by the Holy Spirit. Let's walk through that. In John 16, verse 8, it says this, you all, John 16, verse 8, When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Look at that again, verse 16, John 16, verse 8. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, right here, these are the words of Jesus. And Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit. He says, when he comes, when he begins working in your life, what you can expect is that he awakens your conscience. When the Holy Spirit comes, he awakens you up to a reality. So Jesus described that reality in three ways. He describes it in three ways based upon that verse, John 16, verse 8. He describes it in three ways, sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. Here is what he says, and when he comes... He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. So Jesus gives it to us in three ways, sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, let's, let's unpack this. The Holy Spirit convicts of guilt in regard to sin. The first work of the Holy Spirit is always deeply disturbing because he activates our conscience he brings you and I to a place where we can see our own sin. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He, he gets us to a place where it allows us to see our own sin. It's the Holy Spirit that activates our conscience. It's what powers our conscience. And so the Holy Spirit, the first work of the Holy Spirit is deeply disturbing because it activates the conscience. It brings us to a place where we see our own sin. Then the Holy Spirit convicts us of guilt in regard to righteousness. See, you don't know what righteousness is 
until we get to know Jesus. We don't know what righteousness is until we get to know Jesus. When you get to know Jesus for yourself, you see that his righteousness is so far beyond what you have at your best that you have in a hope of getting near him. You discover that you're so far from being righteous where it's in comparison to Jesus. You, you, you come to the conclusion that my righteousness is but filthy rags, right? So, so the Holy Spirit convicts of guilt in regard to sin. The Holy Spirit convicts of guilt in regard to righteousness, all right? But then here's the other one. The Holy Spirit convicts of guilt in regard to judgment, to judgment. The Holy Spirit convinces um, um, us of sin, it convicts us of sin and righteousness and judgment. So a true, a true child of God wants more of that, not less, because that's what makes our godliness authentic. It's what, it's what authentic godliness uh, looks like. A Holy Spirit that convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, if 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 it, it, it wants us to um, it wants to know more of its own sin and more of God's righteousness, so that so that it might embrace God's mercy even the more. So, what the Holy Spirit does, it convicts us of our guilt regard to sin. It convicts of guilt in regard to righteousness, and the Holy Spirit convicts of guilt in regards to judgment. Now. Not only does the Holy Spirit um, power our our conscience, it powers our conscience. The Holy Spirit powers our conscience. Okay, so it's it's powered. The conscience is powered by the by the Spirit. It's powered by the Spirit, but also it is set by the Word. It's set by the Word. A good conscience is set by the word of God. Here's what Psalms 119, verse 11 says. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's Psalm 119, verse 11. Um, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Um. I gave the analogy earlier in our lesson as I was going through this whole conscience piece about the alarm clock. Um, if the alarm clock is the function, it has to be powered. But it also has to be set. Um, a good conscience is powered by the Holy Spirit, but it's set by the Word of God. So hiding God's Word in your heart will train your conscience to sound the alarm and keep you from sin. Um, if you remember David, David says, I'm, I'm hiding God's word in my heart, in my heart, David in the Bible. So I'm hiding, we get a, a lot of the Psalms is written by David, um, um, hiding God's word in my heart. Or if you're not hiding it in your heart, 
are you fitting it across your brain? Now, when you hide God's word in your heart, that word shapes and strengthens your conscience. And a good conscience is your best defense against sin and temptation. Okay? When it's hid in your heart as opposed to you having it in your brain. Brain calls to remembrance, but it doesn't convict. It doesn't help you with your conscience or um, feeling guilt. But when you are, when you have it hid in your heart, that becomes a heart matter. I'm, I'm going to end here, you all. I'll pick up here on next week. I just want to make sure you've got the, these entities that um, here's how we can get and keep a good conscience. This is how we get and keep a good conscience. We get and keep a good conscience by um, being powered by the Holy Spirit to um, by the Word of God. I'll pick up here and deal with also not only the Word of God, but also by um, being cleansed by the blood of Christ. That's what helps us to get and keep a good conscience. Let me thank you for your time today as it relates to the instructions that I wanted to make sure that you have. I'm going to ask you all to help me today, and we want to pray um, for some persons who need our prayers. There are persons who need our prayers, and um, they, in fact, um, are asking us to intercede on their behalf. Brother Larry Thomas, um, we're praying Brother Sister Jackie Thomas, we are praying. Um, Brother Dion Coleman, um, as he continues to recover from knee surgery, we are praying. We're praying continually for Deacon Sharon Derham and um, praying for Brother Gary Davis, who's been diagnosed with um, cancer. We're praying for um, for those that were in a critical uh, accident recently, Sister Elizabeth McCoy. Deborah Simpson and um, Merson, we're praying. We're praying for those persons who were in an accident that totaled the car. We're lifting their family in prayer. Um, we're praying for the family of uh, Mother Bessie Pringle, who transitioned. Her homegoing service will be held on this coming Saturday at Carolina Church, lifting in prayer. Sister Mary Davis. Uh, Deacon Evelyn Mack, Sister Martina Baxter, we're praying. Associate Pastor Talia White, we're continually praying. Velda Jones and Gaylene Musgrove, continue to pray for the recovery of um, Associate Minister Chantal Russell. I'm going to ask you all to pray for Sister Emma Oaks, and um, we're praying for Ruth Ann Major, who had hip surgery. We're believing God to... Um, heal completely. Um, continual prayers for Pastor Thurm James and um, continual prayers for Pastor Stephen Tucker and Reverend Harold Brinkley. I'm asking you all to pray um, for um, continual prayers for uh, Associate Pastor Bessie Hayes and um, her husband Barry Hayes. We're praying for Lady Cynthia, who will be having surgery, eye surgery on tomorrow, if you lift her in your prayers, praying for Christy Thielen and Garen, um, praying for the UBS team, for the group, the Timothy group, we're praying for them, lifting them in prayer, asking you all if you'd be kind enough. I'm praying for you on today. For those persons who are on this call, I'm praying for you and for the names I do not have. 
knowing that God hears and he answers all the prayers. I'm praying for persons who are traveling today. I'm praying for traveling mercies and praying for those of you who are vacationing, that God will keep you, hedge of protection around you. I'm praying for those of you who are living just in the, in the communities, um, given our rash of violent behavior, that God will keep you. Father, in Jesus' name, um, we thank you today because, God, you are good. You're so kind. You are so thoughtful that, Lord, you knew what we needed even before we were created. You knew that we were going to falter and sin, and so you made a way for us to get back to you. Thank you for the love that you've extended towards us. Thank you for the value that you have attached to us. God, it is such in the world that we live where many persons don't believe that they are valued. But, Lord, the truth of the matter is you attach value to us the moment you created us. You breathed into us and made us living creatures. You placed your breath, your ruach, inside of us that we might be able to, in fact, live and not just live but have life more abundantly. We thank you for the value, the value, the value you placed on us. You placed so much value upon us, God, that um, you sent your only begotten son to die for us. You, you gave not only your all, but you gave the best that you have because you wanted to rescue us and bring us back to right relationship with you. We thank you for the value that you've placed in us. And God, we are grateful today for your Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Your word has have us would have us to know, God, that um, your spirit, our conscience, is powered by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for the spirit that lives inside of us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, not only for the spirit, but for the word that you gave unto us that might convict us and be the standard for which we ought to live. And, Father, we want to confess that we have thought and have given much thought and believed that we could outsmart you and that we knew better and know better than you. But, Lord, we confess we made an error. We have been, been mistaken, God. And, Lord, you know and you have created for us and you have given unto us the boundaries and 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 that you wanted us to live by. So, Lord, we, we confess we've faltered. We have, we have not done what you've told us to do. So please forgive us for not living according to your word, according to your standard. And we then thank you, God, for the blood that washes us whiter than snow, that cleanses us. God, we already know nothing can wipe, wash away our sins like the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the atonement. Thank you for the propitiation, for him becoming the propitiation and the atonement of our sins and paying the price for it. Now, Lord, we love you. We thank you in advance for all that you're doing. And even on today, 
we are mindful of our conscience, that we keep it clear, not only before men, but also before you. God, we want to have a clear conscience. Thank you for giving us word and instructions on today. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, we do pray. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you all. And uh, I've given you some principles today to live by. I, I hope it's not an exercise of futility, but that it is helping you to grow in God. Now, on your mark, get set. Let's grow. Have a great day on purpose. Know that we love you much. God bless you.